If, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd, I'd be, like, super ecstatic to just kind of start. Hey, man, whatever cool works with, with you, no, no problem. Okay. All right. Uh, welcome to episode 11 of Eldar Talks Games. I am joined by the legendary Chad Flowers, uh, one, of, uh, one of my dear old friends, dear old internet friends that is a, um, quite the creative. Chad, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, man. No problem. No problem. Uh, so the the main reason I invited you is like our – I, I feel like there's always been like a lot I've wanted to kind of chat with you about. It wasn't until I think it was maybe a week or so ago because uh-huh. I have you on PlayStation, right? Right. And I was looking at like trophies. Like I was looking at like some of my friends' trophies and just kind of comparing because like – the God of War trophies, um, like the 2018 God of War trophies, uh, I have every single one, but but the collectathon one. So I was kind of doing like a compare and contrast, and then I got to your profile, and I was just kind of blown away at like the number of trophies you have. And so I kind of wanted to bring you on to kind of talk about like why do you love trophies so much, and like what that what is that about? I'm both proud and embarrassed at the same time, the amount I've put into certain trophies. Um, but so the way we've met, uh, I, I know you may want to go into that later, but was like through the kind of funny, we both, we were both are really big fans of like, uh, Colin Moriarty, uh, and, uh, Greg Miller and stuff through the kind of funny. Um, so I, I've always really kind of related with Greg Miller. If you've ever listened to any of his podcast, he said, um, the biggest compliment I can give a game is if I get the platinum trophy to it, it's like, okay, I beat the story. I did all that, but man, I really want to keep playing the game. Oh, these trophies. And I look at the trophies. Oh, these trophies look, you know, reasonable. These look doable. This is a good excuse for me to hop back into the game and keep doing it. And I relate with that a lot. So yeah. And it's just that, just that extra little bit, you know, that it's just like that, that nice little reward you get. Not, not not to show off. I know a lot of trophy hunters are pretty toxic. I mean, not saying all of them, but like a lot of trophy hunters are a little toxic in like um, in in certain ways. But I just do it as like a. It's for me. It's for me. It's a fun thing. All of the content creators that I follow that do kind of like hunt for trophies, they don't seem to be too toxic. So I think I've been uh, very lucky in kind of avoiding that. Like I can tell how it's, it's kind of like hyper, it's one of those hyper competitive gamer things. So I'm not too surprised that there is like a toxic culture behind it, but kind of rewinding back. So like, did you, did you kind of get started on like games media back with like IGN and like GameSpot back in the day? Or did you start a kind of funny after IGN, like after Greg and Colin left IGN or what was, uh, where did you get started on? you know, games media kind of in general. I really started with um, podcast beyond somewhere whenever Ryan Clements left, I'd say as I unfortunately missed that, but then I picked up with him on the PlayStation blogcast. Um, but mm. uh, as Ryan Clements sort of left is whenever I uh, sort of found, you know, Greg and Colin through podcast beyond became enamored and really <laughs> fell into that and was inspired and, you know, just sort of went from there. So around, I would say maybe the 2013, 14. And is that I really kind of, started diving in. Is that kind of around the same time that you started Tesla Chad? Uh, the year I started Tesla Chad was 2016. Oh, so, okay, so I, I had it built up for a little while and uh, just had some ideas flowing around. And I, um, I had a little bit of a backstory for it. I was having like a really tough time. And then one of my closest friends, um, I was just, uh, you know, you have those close friends where you just tell everything to you talk almost every day sometimes. And, uh, I was just sort of ranting, sort of feeling sorry for myself, for myself. And he, he just said, you always wanted to like talk about games on the internet. So like, why don't you just go ahead and do it? And that was in early 2016. And I was like, you know what? I will. And then I taught myself everything. And then maybe around February of 2016, I put up my first 
review, which was uh, Far Cry Primal. I kind of had it to be like, I want to be as respected as uh, IGN and GameSpot and stuff like that. But then I kind of found my identity and found out I didn't want to really do that. And I just sort of followed my creative vibes and evolved from there. And I've, I've been on a hiatus for a little while, but um, I actually do plan on coming back very recently. What kind of what kind of content do you want to do? Like, um, kind of, you know, going back into it after hiatus. Like, I've also been wondering what it would be like to dip, you know, to kind of dip my toes into the YouTube waters, as it, uh, as it were. But the YouTube waters seem full of monetization piranhas and lots of, um, I don't know. I feel like the platform itself kind of cannibalizes smaller creators. Is that something that like? does that worry you or are you really in it, you know, just to like make the content for the people that watch your stuff? Um, what kind of, like, what are you, what are you planning on doing when you get back? Cause I really like your videos. Like whenever I hopped onto your channel, like, uh, I guess, you know what? It probably was around like 2017. Like I really thought like, I was like, Oh shit. And then I noticed, I was like, okay, so he's starting to do music and stuff. I was like, he is, he is, he is a creative out of control. He's going to find his center. Like, I love it. So I've, I've been following you ever since. But, you know, you're, I love it. But what do you think you're going to do after your hiatus? What type of stuff? You want to go back into reviews or what are you thinking? Oh, thank you so much, man. Um, so I have always really enjoyed uh, – it's it's very stereotypical, but I have always really enjoyed, like, top ten videos, but with a sort of creative twist. So since I missed uh, the last year's top ten – or 2018's, I believe – uh, yeah, I did not do 2018's top 10 games because that's whenever I started my t- hiatus. So the first thing I'm going to come back is with the top 10 games of 2018 and then a top game, top 10 games of 2019 because I'm just – those are some of the most fun videos to make, surprisingly. It is a lot of fun to make those and write the script and think of fun ideas and kind of reflect. Reflect. Those are a lot of, um, a lot of fun videos to make. Um, so something – I really struggled with a lot whenever making YouTube and before my hiatus was having an identity crisis. I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm looking at my channel and I'm just doing these random things. Like one video may be about the final fantasy 15 assassin's creed DLC. And then the next one may be about like um, metal metal gear, solid twin snakes on the GameCube, And it was just so different, but I was doing something that like every time I got inspired, I was just like, I really wanted to do something that that inspired me that I didn't necessarily have a vision for. I just wanted to, at the end of the day, feel good about making content or art or something I was very proud of. That was the main goal, and to you know enter- entertain other people. Um, I didn't have a comedic goal. I had I had um, just a it was more selfish than it than it was really entertaining somebody else. But a big inner in, a big um, identity crisis I had was towards the end of my channel was like I have to pick what I want to do. I have to pick a vision. Everyone else has picked a vision, you know. Like some people um, only focus on Nintendo; they're the Nintendo people. Some people like a uh, pro Jared, you know, he's the Final Fantasy guy, you know, JRPGs and stuff like that. I just use those as an example, and I was like, well. I'm a huge GameCube fan. Like I'm obsessed with the GameCube. Why don't I just dive into that? And as I did that, I got really inspired. And then I sort of got a little burnt out. Anytime you'll see a big dip, if you go back and look where there's big stretches of content, I get I got burnt out pretty easily. Um, so that's something. If if you're thinking about you know picking up the YouTube thing, definitely worry about burnout and don't be beholden to the algorithm because then you'll start making content that you won't be proud of. Unfortunately, a lot of people live off of the al- the YouTube algorithm, but um, that's something at the that's something I would recommend. If if you you mentioned you said you were thinking about going into dipping your toes, but um, what I would long <laughs> long story. No, no, um, you're fine, man. Keep it going. Yeah long story what i would come back to is a big lesson i've learned is was i would do those two videos but i would really just like to go back to that i want to make a video on whatever's inspiring me in the time 
and what I think would make a good video and then go from there. And if it, and if I'm, you know, like towards the end of a video and I'm finishing it and I'm not proud of it, I'll, I'll scrap it because even though a lot of people may like it, it'll, I'll still have this creative nag in the back of my head, like a, like a, Oh man, you know, I'm going to come back to those videos. I want them to hold up and this one's just not going to hold up. And I wasn't really proud and I didn't have fun. And at the end of the day, you know, I, it was just about having fun and creating something I'm proud of and something other people can relate to. So whenever I come back, I'm just going to do video game reviews and top tens mm. on whatever inspires me at the time. So top tens. And cause I remember, um, I remember, I think it, I think it was about a year ago, maybe a little longer. I remember you would post, um, like star Fox, like super Mario. I think it was super Mario. Oh God. What was the GameCube one? Sun? Uh, it was super Sunshine. Mario Sunshine. Yes. I remember you posted that and I watched a pretty decent chunk of the review and I was like, this he's got it, man. And I, you know, I've, I gotta be honest. I've never seen, I haven't seen any of your top tens. I'm definitely, re, I'm definitely going to research that. I'm going to probably dive into your channel quite a, a bit. Like whenever we're done talking, but like, I remember watching the Super Mario Sunshine review and I was like, he's got it, man. So do you think, so I know you also do music on the side, right? Or, right. or is that like your main, are you like mainly focusing on that? What do you, cause I know bands take up a lot of time, right? Is that? Oh yeah, is, yeah. For do you sure. think that was a reason for the for your hiatus? Because it's kind of hard to juggle two pretty like demanding things like that. Like I I know what that's like. Like that, that kind of sucks. But you know, I, I mean, I think you're I think you're doing an awesome job at at the band. How's uh, how's that going, by the way? I I gotta say, you mentioned Star uh, Super Mario Sunshine and Star Fox Assault. Those are two of my favorite videos I've ever made. So that's yeah, it's really nice to hear that you you enjoyed those. I think that's um, where you're strongest, man. I I think like we definitely come from like a very similar school of thought. Like we I I is that Generation Seven? Like if that's Generation Seven with the GameCube, the Xbox, and the PlayStation Two, like that's my favorite like console generation. And me too, me too. There's, some, there's something magical about it, right? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've been trying to quantify it for years now. Maybe it's nostalgia, but also it's not, it's like kind of in the middle of what I should be super nostalgic for, which was the Famicom NES Sega Genesis. Like that's, I guess my, what I should be ultimately nostalgic for, but there's something about like the GameCube and the, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe you can help me figure that out. I have no clue. I love that though. Like it's kind of like, it's too. really hard. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. My no, no, I was just saying like, I mainly gravitate towards like PS2 uh, and GameCube, not so much Xbox, but yeah. It, I kind of relate the GameCube PS2 Xbox generation off the top of my head. I can't remember what number it is, sixth or seventh mm-hmm. or, um, but I relate it to the way it's hard for me to describe what makes a Zelda game so great. It's just got this magic to it. It's something that's really hard to explain. And that's how I feel about that mm-hmm. generation of systems. But um, I don't, I don't want to go out, go too off track here, but with the music oh. thing, I've been playing music since I was in eighth grade. Um, so around 2007, I, I've been playing music ever since been a big metal head and had bands throughout the years. It, so music for me, I was always in bands uh, came before doing YouTube and YouTube was just something that I was inspired to do. Um, especially pushed by a friend who I did used to play music with. Um, but right now I've really been focusing a lot on, on the band, especially whenever I took my hiatus. Um, the whole reason for my YouTube hiatus was really because I did feel a lot of burnout. And then at the same time I started a new, a new job. So I was starting a new career and things were picking up a lot, man. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, Things were picking up with the band. We were finishing the writing process. Um, the our first my my current band, uh, Dead Wolves. Our first mm-hmm. album was just written by me and then the vocalist. So we wrote about every week. You know, six songs. We're really proud of it. So that was starting to ramp up. All the demos were finished, and then you know we had to focus on getting members and you know everything else that everything else that comes with it. And um, so it was just all sort of like a lack of a better term, like a perfect storm. It all just made mm. sense to, to take a break. But um, music, I, I wouldn't say I'm more focused on one or the other, but music has been probably the biggest motivator for me as of recent, especially with the way that my band has been ramping up. Yeah, man. Um, 
like full disclosure, you know, I've I definitely have a uh, pretty cool uh, collector's tape edition of What Doesn't Kill You. Um, I see it every single day whenever I walk downstairs. It's on a shelf. So, like, I always thought that the art was not only really cool. Who did the art, by the way? Like, it's really awesome art. I don't know. We we had a guy out of St. Louis named Chase Polite who yeah. we knew through the music scene. Um, and the the vocalist of my band, he ha- had a real vision for the name of the album and for the look of it. And mm. we sort of gave creative control over to him and said, hey, these are the songs. What do you think? Draw what you feel. And it all just sort of made sense. I'm I'm really happy with how that turned out as well, too. And y- by the way, that um that cassette you, know you have it- is one of twenty five. Wow, that's it. <laughs> that will ever be made. Wow. And I have one of them as well, too. So most, we have two twenty five that are ever made. That is probably the most limited thing that I have in my uh in my house. That's crazy. Um yeah, man. I think I was just I don't know, I think so like I remember putting Lost on like on repeat for quite a while. Like I think that's a really special track. I I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm really excited to see what you guys come out with next. Like I will definitely get the the cassette of that again. Um uh I wanted to let you know that um the job I was working at a while ago. Like uh, I remember I shot over the uh the dead the dead wolves I think Spotify was it? And mm-hmm. Oh, man, dude, like I, I shot it over to my friend who's like a super metalhead, and I remember he just had nothing but praise for it to the point because he and he was like a really yeah. kind of sketchy, not, not sketchy. I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> an appropriate word, but like this dude listened to metal like literally every waking, breathing moment, right? And he uh-huh. and like so, I was like, what do you think? And he, like he was really like, dude, these guys, like this is their first album, like that is crazy. Because, like, the first album, Chad, I'm telling you right now, it does not sound like this. <laughs> That's why it's so impressive. <laughs> like, the first album is usually garbage, man. Yeah, like, right? Yeah. That's awesome. I don't – how did y'all find each other? What? Because, I mean, yeah, I'm, I was really curious. Like, what? how does the formation of the band come to pass? Like, what's up with that? That's amazing, man. Thank you so much for all your kind words and your support, as always. Um, so, back in around 2010, the vocalist and I – uh, we had a band together that was, it was very new. That was the first metal band I was ever in. It sounded a lot like, I don't know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the band, but like we came as Romans, but yeah, oh, um, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> he, uh, we sort of had a falling out and then I, yeah. uh, maybe about five years later was, I, I left a band I was in because they wanted to move to Nashville. And at the time I couldn't, and it was a mm-hmm. lot, it was a band called treading water and I formed Nashville kind of has that. that scene, right? What's that? I think Nashville kind of has that scene, right? Isn't like Crown the Empire like from there or something like? I mean, I might be crazy. I don't know. Anyway, right is is more like a pop punk, brand new, Taking Back Sunday type band, mm-hmm. and they they all wanted to move down there, but I couldn't at the time, so I left. I left that project, which gutted me because I started that with them and I put a lot. Of course, that's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm going to feel that emotion, but he yeah. said his current band uh, was looking for a guitar player. And I was like, awesome. My strong suits are, you know, like writing, like songwriting. And I said, you know, I'm only really wanting to join. I'm not really into like the type of music that they were playing at the time. And it was, it was metal. It was kind of boring to me. <laughs> so I yeah, was yeah. just like, yes, I want to write, you know, but, and it'll nice to, it'll be nice to reconnect with our vocalist, Nick. Um, and, and yeah, so I joined and we only wrote one song and after we released it, we broke up and as we were, yeah, as we were writing, um, for that, for that band, after we released that one song, we, uh, we broke up and we looked at each other kind of like, huh? Well, like, why should we stop? Let's just sit down and talk about, Hey, like what, what do we feel that we want to write and like not really worry about what anyone else is thinking about? Well, what, what's a passion project that you've always wanted to do. And the reason that we sat down and talked about that is because anytime we got together in a room to, to write music, we had this unbelievable chemistry and it was, you, you can't explain it. It, we just fed off each other so well. So 
the the way our song process worked is I wrote maybe like the first half of a song or up until the, like the the first chorus and then it's done and then I take it to him and then we work on it together and he makes everything I do better and um, me and him were just worked so well together and we didn't want to stop playing music so we were just like all right like what what kind of music do you want to write you know oh yeah i definitely want to write that too and it was just like it was perfect it was like it was really meant to be so so yeah that's sort of how we became you know writing our own stuff and yeah. lost was the first song that we wrote for uh that project dead wolves it has yeah, yeah it has this special sauce to it i think i don't know i don't know what it is it has this thank you so much it's got this very like bless the fall like uh this like the harmonies sometimes like throughout the album remind me of i don't even know if they're around anymore but the devil wears prada is very similar kind of to me i don't know if that's accurate to other people the devil wears prada is a huge influence on our vocalist nick are you so serious he'd probably ah, yeah he'd awesome. be thrilled to hear that yeah dude yeah um, it just reminded influence- me i was just like whoa my biggest influence is definitely like for songwriting as in like under oath. I don't know if you're familiar with that band, but yeah, uh, I remember you. Um, yeah. I remember you posting about under oath. Um, I, I listened to them a, a long time ago, but can't really recall anything that they really made. I don't think I was super big into them. Are you familiar with the, um, the website and then the magazine alternative press or alt press? Um, from your, uh, from your announcement on the kind of funny uh, page, yes, <laughs> I think it was okay. All right, yeah. Well, they are the biggest. Um, they are the biggest magazine for the genre of music that we play, and yeah. we just got um, a part of an article in there, and they are talking about Lost, similar to how you are talking about Lost. So that's mm. really nice to hear. Okay, so we, we all we kind are of in- do have this collective thing. I'm telling you, we man, are, that we first are album. The, uh... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. No, 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 you're good. I'm telling you, man, that first album, it's, you're already kind of, you guys sound like you're already well ahead of the curve. Um, I mean, I'm really excited to see what you guys come out with. That being said, um, you know, I, it's, it's kind of easy to see when a band is kind of on an upward trajectory. Obviously, luck and skill is going to play a little bit into it. Or, well, skill is definitely going to do it. Luck, you know, that's 10% of it. And I think, you know, you see like you're in this like creative project that's, you know, it has all of the um, trappings and rhythms of a, of a successful project. So it's kind of hard to go back to something kind of unrelated, which is gaming videos. Um, it's I was actually going to ask, like, does anybody in Dead Wolves play games or are you the sole aficionado of games or do you share that with anybody? Um, our drummer Niven plays a little bit of games. He's, um, yeah. he's, he's big into, uh, Xbox and playing multiplayer. He's, he's not a single player guy. He's really into, uh, COD and Madden and our bass player, Nick, he's also into Xbox, but he's a mm. gears guy and gears is, I'm a huge gears of war fan. It's like one of the only reasons I've, I really own an Xbox one X is because of gears of war, but as nerdy as me, uh, definitely not. I'm, I lead the head on, on the nerdy, the nerdy type games. I've got a yeah. huge collection of games and a wide variety, but I'm not, I'm not the only one, but yeah. But sometimes yeah, we I have to take it good. back. Yeah. Sometimes I have to like, take it back. I know, I know what that's like. You, you, someone's talking and you want to kind of make like a, uh, like an Okami joke and you're like, Oh shit. No one would, no one would get that. Like at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no I, one at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, Oh man. So, okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, what was I going to ask you? Um, okay. So that, you know, your background a little bit, you know, from, from podcast beyond to, to music, to, to YouTube, um, back all the way now to trophies, if you don't mind. So I don't mind. What, uh, what was kind of the inception for you? whenever you started collecting trophies, because for me, it was, you know, first thing I, uh, first, I guess, exposure to kind of like a trophy achievement system was, uh, gamer score on Xbox 360. Uh, mm-hmm. so I did that for quite a while. I was like super into it, got about a hundred thousand gamer score and then made the switch over to PS3 and started hunting trophies. And I tell my friend this 
to this day, I would definitely have probably like double the amount of trophies if I had just started on a PS3 and didn't get into the PS3 in like 2012, like way too late. Like by the time it was pretty much already dead. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't make so it. Like, no. So I was already like the race had kind of already been won. Um, was was it was it similar for you in that respect? Did you start with Xbox 360 or did you start with did you actually start with PS3? And is that the secret to your success? You started super early. I um I started really kind of enjoying it with Xbox 360. Took a break from gaming until I hopped back in with a PS3 in um, early 2013, and I. I liked gathering trophies. It wasn't a, a, a big thing of mine until I saw the first platinum I ever got, which was a lot of people's first platinum, which is the uh, one of my favorite games of all time. The platinum trophy for Telltale's The Walking Dead. Everyone has like, that one. <laughs> I've never, I was like, I've never seen that. And I like squinted. And I was like, that looks bigger than a silver. Oh, that's pretty neat. And I really didn't like the way that I thought the PS3 kind of had a really bad way of, you know, doing trophies where the PS4 just excelled at it in in every single way as as in like layout and then syncing the trophies. It was just much cleaner, much faster, and I really got obsessed whenever I I did I did something similar as I mentioned earlier. I didn't want to stop playing Shadow of Mordor. So I'm like I kept looking at the trophies and oh, just like a, oh, you know, I could do that. I could do that. This this won't take that long, but I want to play more. So I, after I got the platinum trophy in Shadow of Mortar, is whenever I started going crazy. Because so I, I just had this fun. I feel like that was a that was a lot of people's like access to that game. Kind of had an interesting like end game hook, right? Because you would look at the trophy list and you're like, oh, I already beat the story, and then you're like, wait, I could do all of this. Because I, I also have the Platinum in Shadow of Mordor. Um, I don't think I have it in Shadow of War. I think it's significantly more challenging in Shadow of War. But Yeah, yeah no, just a little um, bit, Shadow but of... it's still fun to play. Oh, dude, absolutely. Like, yeah. for me, it was... Um, I think I think the first time I knew I was hooked was... Do you remember Dante's Inferno, PS3? I do remember Dante's Inferno. So that was my first Platinum. Um, so I... Man, that was it's kind of a rough platinum for me because um, I did everything in the game, did all the upgrades, speed on hard, whatever it was. Uh, I had like one more, one more bronze to get actually, um, and it was I think collect X amount of like uh, scribes or something like that. And it was one of those like there wasn't like a checkpoint system. So by the time you got to the end of the game, if you had like thirty six out of thirty seven and you got the last one. You're like, I missed one. And you had to start the game all over again. I did that. I had to do that twice. I was oh, super, That's the worst. Is that not that the sucks. worst? That's, oh, man. Like, uh, like it kind of like drains the inspiration bad. out of you, though, right? Well, exactly. That, that That's pretty much the same problem that I was recently having with God of War, where I was just like, look, man, like I beat this game twice, and I'm not going for the collectibles. Like, I just, I don't want to spend my time with this game with uh, PSN trophies open, telling me like where all the locations of Odin's Ravens are. I, I just, I just feel like that kind of sucks all the life out of the, not the life, but like it sucks a lot of fun out of the game. I think, I think that's a little bit, those types of trophies are a little bit outdated. Like, I don't know if you agree, like, uh, you know, like you might be someone that absolutely loves looking for like collectibles and like little obscure things like that. But I think I'm a little, I think I've kind of grown past that. I think, Annoyed it depends. It. it depends on the game, and especially if a game does it well, or mm. like does it to be a pain in the ass. So I think it. I think it totally depends on the game, for sure. Um, because sometimes a, it can be fun. Sometimes, sometimes I, I feel like um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, do you have any like? So uh, have you? You've been listening to um, PS I Love You XOXO. I'm assuming. Absolutely. Nice. Um, it's cool that they're back, but the first in the first episode, Greg kind of went on one of his Greg ways about how he was um, kind of playing games over and over again on PS uh, on, on Vita on PS4 that took like an hour just to get like Platinums. Did you ever do uh, that? I did that with maybe a couple games. The infamous <laughs> My Name is Mayo. 
Oh no. Um, Every- I, I, <laughs> I did that because I thought it was funny and I kind of yeah. just wanted to have the experience. I didn't do it oh, for no. the platinum. Yeah. Um, there are, I would say maybe, I don't know how many trophies I have. There's probably around six or seven that I did as like a joke that didn't take long, but yeah. all the, all the other ones that I, that I did was really sort of, um, as what I mentioned early, sort of a compliment and that I wanted to play more and that I enjoyed my experience. I also had, I totally forgot to mention this, but I had a buddy of mine who also liked trophy hunting at around that same time. And we made a deal that like whoever had the most, uh, trophies at the end of the year, whoever had the most platinums at the end of the year had mm-hmm. to buy, had to buy each other dinner or something like that. Okay. And I won. I won, of course. Unsurprisingly. I also Unsurprising. had a I also had a sort of competitive thing with Mad Max, the rush to get that platinum with one of my friends, which was a super open world, crazy, just super time consuming thing. Do you do you know your most time consuming platinum? Like kind of off the top of your head? Like I'm oh, super off the curious. top of my head. Oh, oh, how many no, problems do you have? Do you have uh is it over fifty or more? That's a know? that's a great question. Let me pull it up. I have okay. fifty-seven platinums. Nailed it. Wow. Okay. So do you remember which one took you like the longest? I can say what recently took me a pretty long time yeah. was uh Days Gone. Um Days really? Gone took me about sixty-five hours. But I loved I loved every second of it. I remember uh, I you really ch- loved you that you game. championed that game a little bit. I remember a lot of people were kind of coming out with pretty mixed reviews, and um, you know you were pretty stalwart in your decision of no, this game's this game's pretty good. This game's pretty fun. I've never played it, so obviously you know I take I one hundred percent take your word for it. Um, I've known the a lot game of- has a lot of problems, and I'm someone who has been excited for it ever since they showed it off. And really upset and whenever it got delayed and championed championed it, it's got a lot of problems. I will wear that. But I had a blast and I loved every second of it. It deserves a lot of the criticism it got. But um, yeah, I, like you said, I, I was I was championing it for a long time. I remember reading that the game just kind of goes on a little longer than it should. That personally irks me quite a little bit, especially with games like uh, like Red Dead Redemption 2, where you're like, holy shit, it's been 15 hours. I thought we were at the end. <laughs> oh, man. So it's like I'm, I'm like still in the first third of the game. Oh, my God. It's not that bad, but it does yeah. have it does have that that problem there. It's, it's I mean, right. I mean, I, I like right now I'm playing through The Witcher 3 for the first time. I'm at the DLCs. So uh-huh. I'm, no, I'm no stranger to games taking a lot longer than I think they should. Even though it's you, great. Um, you played Mad Max. You mentioned that. I loved that game. I platinum that game. What a great underrated gem, man. You know what its problem was? If you remember, it came out literally on the exact same, not month, week. It came out on the same day as Metal Gear Solid Five. Yes. I, kid you, like, yes, I was did. just like, no, because I remember getting both of those games on the same day. And I was like, this is weird. oh man you know how like i was in open world like ecstasy like (laughs) just between those two games man oh at that time i worked at a local GameStop, and i remember working that day and i was so happy because i got both of them Mm -hmm. and um i popped in metal gear solid phantom pain first and I, i the first hour of that game is one of my favorite experiences in all of video games but then the rest of it sort of just really didn't connect with me. So I'm like, okay, let me take a breather. I want to pop in Mad Max because I'm I'm interested in it. And I just like I didn't pop in Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain until I finished platinuming Mad Max. I just it really connected Damn. with me. It was so much fun. I I could not put it down. I'm really glad that I yeah. found someone who loves it as much as I did. It it I this is kind of a weird comparison to make, but to me, for whatever reason. It kind of feels like on a on a pure emotional way, in a pure like emotional way, feels like Doom twenty sixteen. It's very like gritty and just kind of violent and by nature, like and like really downtrodden. I don't know, man. Like I feel, I also kind of feel like the collectibles are the same. I know the games are wildly different, right? Not only in like like presentation and like camera angle, but I think tone wise, man, there was oh, there was something so special about that game. I remember I calling can see like the connection. 
I can see the connection. The collectibles, I think it was. I don't know. I, I remember yeah, calling like the two. Man, it was it was awesome. Everyone always made fun of him like on the show for that, but I think everyone who made fun of them and really didn't give them the benefit of the doubt really missed a really special and really fun overlooked video game. And it sucks because I don't think it's old enough for for a sequel. No, but at the same time, like you got to think about it. Like, what would they do better as a sequel? Would they make it just bigger? I think it's fine as it is Mm -hmm. because all games, all games really are now that our open world just seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger without a reason for it to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Whereas I can't imagine what they would do any better to follow it up. Maybe it's one of those just really special. It stands alone as it is. And it maybe just didn't need a sequel. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, I think that raises quite a good point. I mean, you know, there's a good chance that if a sequel ever came out to that kind of like uh enslaved an odyssey to the West, like, I don't think that game needs a sequel. Obviously, we'll never get one because Ninja Theory has changed hands. But, you know, you're right. I, I recently you know. just played that for the first time. Wow. That is yeah. – what did you think? Well, man. I, I'm, I'm building that up to be like, did, was it amazing? But, like, there, you know, hey, it's totally cool if you have, like, a subverse opinion to it. What a fun game. Yeah. Like, I love this – like, it may be oversaturated in color at times, but the color – in it really 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 brought me away and it had a lot of like i had a little too much bloom to it to it to the look and and the graphics of it but just the atmosphere the the but not uh i don't know how else to explain it other than a buddy cop like you you and then the other person traveling together experiencing that and the combat Mm -hmm. was just so fun and rewarding and yeah no i just had a blast playing it it was it was I I think the story like inherently was interesting because it was this weird like apocalypse like like far off. Oh, it was weird. It was weird. It also mixed like mythol like Chinese mythology with like the Monkey King, with like far off like far future robot like post apocalyptic tech. It was very very interesting. Um, I'm a sucker for post apocalyptic settings in general. I yeah. love it. So that really grabbed me as well too. And it did something a lot of other uh, post-apocalyptic games at the time and still today really didn't do. So um, I thought that's something that was really special as well. But so boy, was off. that story weird. <laughs> I don't really – It's it, I literally played it about 10 – probably 10 years ago. So I don't remember really what the story was. But I do remember the platforming being really fun. And what actually hooked me with that game was the demo. Like I remember downloading the demo from PSN. And you're on the airship, and I was just like, this is crazy beautiful. It was, yes. I don't know. Oh, man. It did I, so many things. Cool. So uh, one question I did have for you, because um, I consider myself a trophy hunter, but not, I don't think I'm on, I don't think I'm on your level. I'm level 24, 5,500 trophies, 13 platinums, more than usual, more than average, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever make like do you ever make like purchasing decisions just based off of like what the trophy list looks like? Because I do that, which is wrong, but I do that. <laughs> I I used to for maybe about a year whenever I yeah. was really deep and dark in the trophy hunter hole. Yeah. Uh, but no, not anymore. Not anymore. And I'm really happy I got out of that. Yeah, definitely, definitely get out of that, man. You know? It's it, it's not it's not a good place to be in. I left it on Xbox. I can confidently say that like I feel like I had a goal with Xbox and that was to reach 100,000 gamer score. Once I did that, Xbox is now my I will play this game and I don't care if I finish it console. So thank God for that. But yeah, same kind of a little bit a little bit uh OCD on the PlayStation. So all right. Um another question I had for you. What do you or I don't know if have I already asked you this before? Your most difficult platinum ever? Did I ask you that? Uh, no, not the most difficult one. You oh, just, okay, okay. I think you asked the one that made the that took the most time. Ah, yes, and I yeah, I can see how those might overlap in some categories, but everyone has a super difficult platinum that they're kind of like. Mine's Bloodborne, obviously. Like that is a fucking hard. Platinum. Whoa! So that was congratulations, uh, man. Thank you, sir. It was a very, very, very rough month. <laughs> it was tough, man. Um, I would say 
my most difficult platinum was a very recent one. Hmm. Uh, not incredibly recent, but recent to me. It was uh, Titanfall 2. The Titanfall 2 tro- uh, Platinum Trophy. One okay. trophy in particular that made yeah. me almost I know, seriously I know which one. Out. I already know, man. It's you like 30, 30 seconds like the obstacle course, right? Yeah, it's like 30-something point second, 30-something point seconds. It was ridiculous. Like, um, mm-hmm. it was place three, but <laughs> placed in the top three of the gauntlet scoreboard, yeah. and it was like within 30, 33 seconds or something, which is which oh. is ridiculous. But, uh, so it, it's really weird that I even, you ever just like randomly think about a game like, oh, two years ago. Titanfall two came out Uh, for some reason. I've really got a weird itch to play that. And yeah. Oh man, I really missed this game. What's the plot. I think I could do that. And then I, I I go for it. Mm -hmm. That's that's, I had a weird itch. I was like, I really need to experience Titanfall two again. And I thought that would be a really cool platinum to get as something I can, I can say would be my hardest because of that one trophy in particular, it was very difficult, but I overcame it. I think, I, I think I had that exact situation with Uncharted 4 because I beat Uncharted 4 and I was like, cool. Oh, yeah. And then a year later, I was just like, wait, no, I don't feel like I gave that the time of day. And I didn't, turns out, because that second playthrough, I got the platinum and I was just like, oh, I'm glad I went back and did that. Um, Uncharted 4 is my t- is my fifth favorite video game of all time. So that's wow. really, that's awesome. Do you know your top five just kind of off offhand? Be super off the top of my head, knowing. yep. Yeah. Oh, do you? Okay. So, Uncharted Four. Uncharted Four. Uh-huh. Um, that's my number five. My number four is Jack and Daxter: The Precursor Legacy. So the, the first, first one. That one. Came Interesting. Out on PS2. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Yep. Great. And number three would be Pokemon Red. Uh, really okay. special game to me. Um, that sounds like it's a little more personal, I guess. Very much. I'm still a huge Pokemon fan. But it was it was a big part of me growing up, and I still love coming back to it. It, it still really holds a special place in my heart. Uh, number two would be L- the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, a classic. Okay. Yeah, you know, a classic um, that also holds a very special place in my heart. But anytime Miyamoto's, I come back to it, what's up? Miyamoto's last game. <laughs> Miyamoto's last game. No, um, really. right? No, 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 for sure. Nice. I, Good I, 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 I really. I, I really love coming back to that game. I, I come back to it maybe once every other year and it's mm-hmm. just like a really nice breath of fresh air. And um, my favorite video game of all time is uh, the last of us. There's a lot of, of PlayStation us. gems on that. My friend, the last of <laughs> yeah. us changed my life. The last wow. of us changed my life. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh man. So you must be like unbelievable. Like high levels must be like at, <laughs> like nuclear level for for the second one then i'm assuming absolutely Holy absolutely sh- yeah i oh, i'm the biggest naughty dog fan i know i'm the biggest i'm a huge uncharted fan i'm the biggest uncharted fan i know i'm i'm really i'm a i'm a huge naughty dog fan okay gotcha. three of their games are in my top five so you so you definitely skew more towards towards sony playstation it seems like I wish yeah I, that's I, where I a lot of, the hell out of i love i love it that's that's a lot of the games that they make that are more exclusive on that platform are really speak to me in a certain way. So that's I've always been skewed more towards PlayStation in those certain aspects. But I love things. I love so much. So many things about Nintendo, obviously, like mm-hmm. all, my all the all the videos, the last videos I made currently on my channel were all about Nintendo um and xbox holds a special place in my heart in certain aspects but i do like you said skewed t- more towards the playstation side i love the the reason that the last of us changed my life is because like okay yeah these are my favorite type of games like these hard mm. core really story driven video games that that really leave an impact and tell a story and it spoke to me like i said like i mentioned earlier you know post-apocalyptic games love it you know, and it's just, yeah, it worked. Interesting. Back in 2018, um, Sony put out three pretty big bombs with, uh, well, no, I apologize, 2017, 2018. There was Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man, and God of War. Those games, do you like those games? Or maybe they just haven't had enough time to kind of sit with you. I noticed that they weren't in your, are they up there for you? Or what do you think? Uh, 2017 was Horizon Zero Dawn. 
Yeah. And 2018 was Spider-Man and God of War. Correct. Am I correct? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish I was really hyped for Horizon Zero Dawn and I wish I loved it as much as everyone else did. Um, but I thought it, I thought it was great, but not amazing. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. There was just something missing to it that I don't, I thought a lot about that. I don't know how to explain, but I thought it was really great. I hear that a lot. I really do. Um, I think, I think it's gonna, I think it'll really hit its stride maybe in the second one. If they do a second, they'll probably do a second one. I don't think they're going to go back to kill zone or anything like that. That'd be weird. Uh, yeah, there's, it's been confirmed that they've been working on one. I think like there was a couple like leaks of a voice actor like oh wait until you play the second one it's amazing so i can I, see I've, that I've got very high hopes for that usually um, whenever you see a game studio release a new ip and that new ip gets nines and 9.5s the second one is usually usually kind of goes down in, in the masterpiece category seldom does it really deter so far away from the success of the first one that it becomes a critical failure you don't really see that too often nowadays because i don't know i guess game developers are a little more savvy i don't know um the god of war i loved because i'm a i'm a huge god of war fan like huge really big um but i stayed radio silent on it because i wanted to be surprised and have that experience because i knew that i saw that it was it was different and i and i wanted to experience that um even though the 2018 god of war is not my favorite god of war it's probably my third favorite god of war Hmm. which is really surprising. My favorite would probably be the first one, um, the Jackie. third one, and then the 2018 one, and then my least favorite's number two. I see. Console versions, yeah. The 2018 one actually 100%, without a doubt, changed my life because it got me on a pretty crazy Norse mythology kick to the point where I'm starting to plan like a trip to Iceland. <laughs> And oh, it's that's amazing, literally man. because of God of War. Uh, the first thing I did when that game concluded after my, pulling my jaw off the floor was, right. you know, go pick up a lot of like Norse prose texts. I mean, I really d- dug in deep. <laughs> so like that, that game, oh man, I, I have nothing but good things to say about it. But that gameplay is perfect. I just got to put that in there right now. That gameplay is perfect. It's it, it 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 borrows a lot from I think I think Dark Souls, but the oh man, just like the set pieces in that game with your oh, uh, with the World Serpent. Oh, I could I I could literally do another forty five minute podcast episode about God of War. I, I really could. Would. It would be crazy. Um, but as I just mentioned, though, we are kind of at the we're at the forty seven minute mark. We've been we've gone <laughs> we've gone seventeen minutes past what I expected. We could thing. and we should do this all night. <laughs> I, 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 I'm saying, man, like con- conversation has been has been good. But uh, I will probably – I'll probably stop the recording. Not the conversation, but I'll probably definitely stop the recording here in about a few minutes. Um, all right, man. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and wrap up uh, episode 11, um, which kind of – I guess in the first 10 minutes, I gave the impression that maybe it was an interview, but it was kind of just kind of like setting you up a little bit so that we can get to actual conversation. So hopefully I didn't make you feel like it was like a crazy, weird, stilted interview or anything like that. So. Oh no, not at all. Um, I, um, I, I hear that you're you know, sort of wrapping it up and there's one thing I definitely got to say mm. uh, before you do. So before I say my goodbyes, um, this guy Eldar makes some of my favorite content and I'm not just saying that, you know, cause you're a friend, we live in completely different States. Um, and we met through, through the internet and he's been there for me for really some of my toughest times I've ever been through. And then likewise, and he's just always been a, a, a great guy. I, he's, I consider him one of my very close friends and I uh, want to thank you for all the content that you put out and I consume all of it, especially your book. I have it sitting here right now. Wow. Uh, still haven't, still haven't gotten through. I've just been so busy with everything you understand, of course, but like course. I consume everything, everything that you do, not only because you're a good friend of mine, but because I think you make truly good content. So I'm a big supporter. Well, I love you, man. And I got your back literally forever. So thanks for, thanks for being there. Hey, likewise, man. Also, I got a question for you. Are you going to, are you going to E3 this year? Uh, probably not this year. No! Probably not this year. <laughs> are you going this year? I don't think so, man. Sony dropped out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy weird that they dropped out again this year. I would have put, if 
if I was a betting man, I would have put money on the fact that they would be here. No in way. I would not have been able to predict that they're going to drop out. Like, but right. hey, here we are with literally a Microsoft only E3. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> I will be at E3 in 2021, though, for sure. Won't miss it for the world. Me neither. I I, I complained about Sony not being there, but yeah, I'm probably going to go this year just to <laughs> be able to, because I, I don't even know if there's going to be an E3 next year at this point. So I need to get there. <laughs> if if I had to recommend anything, uh, yeah. definitely go as, as much as you can because mm-hmm. E3 is the best time of the year and going and making those trips and meeting a lot of my YouTube friends and just all the experience is is my is some of the best memories I've ever made. So I've got a pretty pretty good reason for not going this year, but mm. I'm really excited to go again next year. So, yeah, it's also yeah, on it, a ticking it, ticking time bomb. So yeah, for sure. So <laughs> while you can while you can make those memories last and and go as much as you can because it is some of my fav favorites favorite Absolutely. time of the years. Absolutely. Um. Definitely would like to go ahead and plug not only your YouTube, which is Tesla Chad, um, T-E-S-L-A-C-H-A-D. Um, I'd also, uh, guys, go ahead and uh, hop on over to Spotify and type in Dead Wolves. Subtract the E, I guess, from the wolves is the quickest way to say that. Dead Wolves, mm-hmm. W-O-L-V-S. Their first EP is out, and you should definitely listen to it if you, I guess, apparently, like... Devil Wears Prada, Bless the Fall, Under Oath, stuff like that. It's it's a gem. Um, Chad, is there anything else you would like to plug, like your Twitter? I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow me on all sorts of social media. My Twitter is at Tesla Chad. My Instagram is just my name, Chad Flowers. And uh, all, all the social media for my band, Dead Wolves. Uh, no E in the Wolves. Uh, Dead Wolves on Instagram and or in, Dead Wolves on Twitter and Facebook and Dead Wolves music on Instagram. Yeah, that's what. That's all. Absolutely, Tesla Chad and Dead Wolves definitely watch those two things. Um, Chad, I think you have a lot of potential and unbelievable talent, and this is a good place to stop the episode, man. So thanks for talking to me. I really appreciate that. You're awesome. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. All right. Pleasure. All right, guys. Uh, We'll see you next time for episode 12 of Eldar Talks Games. Bye. Bye.